When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. What a finish it was in Boston yesterday, and the Celtics absolutely had to have it. It is Chris Carlin. It is Chris Canty. In for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speakers at play ESPN Radio. Christopher, how was your weekend? It was a great weekend, wall-to-wall NBA playoff basketball. Couldn't ask for better. Want to wish everybody out there a happy tax day. May your (laughs) refund hit like Jason Tatum in the crunch time yesterday against the Brooklyn Nets. Godspeed to you on that, my friends. Hopefully that is happening for you. We've got so much to get to, including the next tier of superstar in the NBA and a matchup that you're probably not paying enough attention to that you need to, and... More star wide receivers want new contracts. Are any big time wide receivers actually going to show up this offseason? We've got it all for you, but let's roll. Here we go. Only one place to start. And that is in Boston yesterday afternoon. Time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Celtics win game one, 115 to 114 over the Nets. And Chris, I don't know about you, but when you get an opportunity, to play the level of physical defense that the Celtics did against Kevin Durant and deny him the ball as as much as they did, and you get 40 points from Al Horford and Marcus Smart, you better win that game. And while they were up 15 in the third, they had to hold on. They found a way at the end. They absolutely had to have game one. Well, yeah, I mean, they played like the NBA's best defense, and since the calendar hit 2022, that's exactly what the Boston Celtics have been. So... I'm not surprised that we saw that effort against Kevin Durant, whether it was Grant Williams or Al Horford in one-on-one coverage or Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown with help side defense. Those guys made it uncomfortable for the Brooklyn Nets' best player, and they forced them to find another option. But the number two option on Brooklyn is pretty damn good in his own right, but it just turns out that it wasn't enough for the Brooklyn Nets to overcome their awful defense especially down the stretch in the end of that game, Carlin. What have we been saying coming into this postseason? The Brooklyn Nets are supremely talented on the offensive end, but for as good as they are with their offense and their scoring, they're equally as bad defensively. And that's exactly what we saw at the end of that game. Think about the last three possessions. The Boston Celtics ended that game with two layups, and they ended up getting a stop on the defensive side of the court because they forced Kevin Durant into a bad three-point look. That, that's ultimately what determined the game. The Brooklyn Nets not being good defensively. You're talking about the most critical possessions and you give up layups to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Let me tell you, let me tell you, if I'm a coach for the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not allowing Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to score a bucket, let alone have point blank looks at the rim. But that's exactly what we saw. Why? Because the The Brooklyn Nets aren't a good defensive team, Carlin. And at some point, people are going to realize 
you got to be able to get stops in the NBA playoffs, and they weren't able to get stops when it mattered the most. Well, nobody really encapsulizes that aspect of the Nets better than Kyrie Irving, who was absolutely fantastic offensively. Chris, I even thought at times yesterday, I mean, a part of his game that we haven't seen a ton of down the stretch of the season, he hasn't been driving to the basket a ton. But he did that quite a few times. Why? Because there were opportunities for it to be wide open. But then on the other end of the floor, he is just non-existent. He, he is non-existent. And for as much as we talk about how great he is on the offensive end, he's that bad defensively. And it's a major liability. The Nets, like even Durant plays good defense when he wants to or yep. when he understands when he needs to. But there's no reason, to your point, why the Nets should not have had that same defensive urgency on Tatum and on Brown down the stretch as what the Celtics clearly had on Durant those last couple of possessions. Well, here's what I will say, Carl, and I thought it was a sneaky good decision by Mayadoka, the Boston Celtics head coach, not to call timeout after Fantastic that decision. stop. And because he didn't want the Brooklyn Nets to be able to set their defense and to set their lineup to get the guys out there that matched up best against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then to your point about Kevin Durant, he plays good defense when he's fully engaged and locked in. Yep. But he was doing what I was doing on that last possession, which is just watching the ball. <laughs> he was watching Jalen Brown. He was watching Marcus Smart and lost vision on his man, Jason Tatum. I thought and Kyrie was going to bring that his... can't. That's just something that can't happen. Now, I know Kyrie ended up being the guy closest to Tatum, but that's Kevin Durant's guy. It's both and of Jason them, yeah. Tatum did a great job of moving without the ball, and that's – I mean, that, that is one of those things that, that is, you know, an example of this Boston Celtics team, which is they do all of the little things – that equate to winning. Just the chase down blocks from Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart being able to make things tough and, and forcing Kyrie to play defense in the post when the Boston Celtics have the ball offensively. They they, they make game-winning play. Think about this, Carlin. I mean, just, just watching what the Boston Celtics were able to do and how they share the basketball, how they force other teams to, to work defensively. And then on defense, they're relentless. They have a team defense approach. Like when Kevin Durant was in pick-and-roll situations, they blitzed him. They forced him to give up the ball. Like that's exactly what you have to do when you have a player that's that talented. And so just the way that they're connected on both ends of the courts is why I thought this would be a tough series for the Brooklyn Nets. It turns out that that's exactly what was the case. Well, because when you look at the key metrics, Carlin, mm. points in the paint, the Boston Celtics won. Second chance points, the Boston Celtics won. Fast break points, the Boston Celtics won. Points off of turnovers. I mean, all of those things. The Boston Celtics won all of those critical characters. They out-rebounded the Brooklyn Nets 43-29. to All right, but let, 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 let's, let's focus, though, on one thing that the Celtics need, and I can't believe the Nets haven't made a bigger deal of. The Celtics need this series to be called like it was yesterday. The Celtics, because they are... They were incredibly physical, especially with Durant. And I have to tell you, Chris, like, to me, if you don't win that game yesterday, if you're Boston, the way it was called, you know Durant's going to start getting the whistle at some point. I, I'm shocked they didn't make a bigger deal about that after the game. I'm shocked Steve Nash didn't go off on it after the game and eat the fine if it means that you're going to start getting the calls that you need to get. I mean, that's an instance where we're talking about the best player in the sport 
if I'm the coach, I need to do everything I can to help him in that spot. And frankly, I'm surprised Durant didn't go after it a little bit more, too. I hear where you're coming from, and, and the coach does have an opportunity to work the refs. I think that's important, having that level of awareness, especially but I mean, when it even comes to basketball. No, I'm with, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's all-encompassing, Carlin. Like, you do it during the game, but you also do it in the postgame, and if it means paying a fine, then so be it. You're trying to win a series in advance to the second round of the playoffs. You got to do what you got to do, but – I don't know that it's necessarily all about how the game was officiated. I mean, this is one of those things where in playoff basketball, you know the refs are not going to want to be the deciding factor in the outcome. I mean, there are going to be instances where they swallow their whistle. We've seen it time and time again. So I'm not surprised that they allowed the level of physicality that we saw from the Boston Celtics early in that series. But I thought they did a great job of calling it both ways. I mean, you're talking about 15 fouls at halftime for both teams. That's calling it down the middle. Yeah, so I, listen, I, don't I want, love I, it. I'm just saying I don't know if the Celtics can if the Celtics can win if they start calling it tighter. I don't know if they can because of Durant. Well, because that's how I, I, you want to play if you're Boston at that point. Well, well, here's the other thing that Boston earns from the officials, the benefit of the doubt, because they've been so good defensively throughout the course of the entire year, right? Like, it's not surprising to see them lock down Kevin Durant or have a plan for Kevin Durant, and the refs are going to allow them to have a little more leeway when it comes to bodying him up and being physical, especially on the perimeter, because Boston has the reputation for being a really good defensive team. So maybe you're something to what you're saying. If the game is officiated the way that it was, then it certainly advantaged Boston. But I don't think the officials are going to be the determining factor in this series. I mean, we just saw it. Essentially, it's the Brooklyn Nets' ability to play defense or lack thereof. Until they improve on that end, then they're going to struggle. Now, I do think the X factor for Brooklyn is if Ben Simmons comes back at some point in this series. Because if you've got Ben Simmons, even if it's only for 15, 20 minutes to be the primary defender on Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, that can help you get those additional stops that you need to be the difference in the game. So I think that's something to watch as this series continues to progress. Hey, it's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, and then there's Kyrie at the Garden, getting into it with the crowd, uh, you know, the bird, the whole thing, the double <laughs> bird, uh, the words at halftime going in. Here's Kyrie after the game yesterday on his back and forth with the fans. Look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just – where I'm from, you know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling, and you and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, f- that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. Okay, but here's the problem here, Chris. I mean, to me, Kyrie is soft in this situation. Mm. I, I don't think this really helps them in any way. And secondly, you can say all that, well, we're supposed to be docile, and the fans are saying these things, and when is it over the line? And then in the same breath, moments later, he's saying, well, all, all's fair in competition. Well, which is it then? <laughs> which is it? I mean, I'm surprised that if Kyrie is going to say that this is the first time that you've actually caught me doing it, I don't think that's the case. I think there would have been plenty of times where, uh, you know, the cameras would have caught Kyrie responding back to the crowd a lot more. It wasn't just because it was a big game. 
Yeah, and here's the thing. Kyrie has got to be able to block out all of that noise. He knew what kind of environment he was walking into when they got to TD Garden. The fans were going to let him hear it. The fans are going to continue to let him hear it. And him flipping them off or him talking back to them or him doing the gesture with the crying eyes, like all of that stuff is all cute if you're winning. And the fact that you drop game one, it leaves one to wonder what happens if your focus is on just playing basketball rather than trying to razz the crowd. Or what if you don't have 37 in the next game and that happens? You could act the same way? I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's the point. Like, I mean, Kyrie put together a masterpiece performance. Yeah. And for as great as he was, I mean, you wonder, could he have been better if he's not allowing the fans in that interaction to take up any of his mental focus or any of his – you know, capacity when it comes to what's happening on the court. Like, those are the things that you worry about. Those are the things you talk about when you find yourself on the losing end of games like that. So, yeah, while I think it's much to do about nothing, I, I just don't understand why a player would allow the crowd to, you know, or allow the crowd the satisfaction of being able to show that they're getting to him or that he hears the noise that they're out there pushing out. Like, that's the thing. It's only going to get worse from here. You thought it was bad in game one. It's going to be worse in game two because the crowd is going to let you hear because you found yourself on the losing end of game one. So I don't I, I don't necessarily believe in all of that, um, especially if, if you got a closely contested game um, and then especially after you lost game one. So I think that's something that Kyrie's going to have to get past. Um, I just wonder where the Kyrie Irving that we saw after the play-in game went because in his post-game interview – he was talking about love, and he was talking about exactly. you know, the sacrifice that he was making for <laughs> Ramadan and how many people that were behind him and supporting him. And then it just pivots to what we saw in the tunnel when he was going into the locker room. And he used some choice words, and then, of course, he gives them the high one as he's running down hmm. court after a make. It's just I – I don't understand it, man. Kyrie can be on one end of the spectrum, and then he goes to another one. But one thing that you can't deny, Carlin – is how good that dude is oh, because that was an unbelievable performance that he gave right up until that last offensive possession where he decided he wanted to dribble 18 of the 24 seconds on the shot clock away and then give Kevin Durant a grenade after he pulled the pin and ask him to make magic happen. That was the one criticism from a basketball standpoint on offense that I would give Kyrie Irving. Other than that, a masterpiece performance. That is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We're just getting started. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app in just moments. The game ones are in the history books, so we will overreact. But did anything that happened change your mind about any of these series? To me, there was absolutely plenty that happened. We will get into it all with one of our... NBA Insiders next. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. It is all on the way. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. He now becomes the uber villain in the Celtics and Nets series. It is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance. My friends, try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Smart dribbles inside the arc to Tatum. Layup's good at the horn. Boston wins it. Jason Tatum at the Great call from Mark Kestisher on ESPN Radio. It was a drama-filled affair up at TD Garden Center. It is Chris Carlin and Chris Canty for Greeny, joined right now by ESPN senior writer Andre Sellings covering the NBA. Andre, it's Chris and Chris. We appreciate the time, brother. And that was, if that is any kind of a harbinger of things to come in that series, we're in for a treat in round one, to say the least. Oh, yeah. What the Dillons, fellas? Um, it's the real season. Um, that, mm. that game right there got me excited, um, you know, because it, it had everything in it that we hoped it would have, right? You had the superstars um, making the plays or not making the plays all, all, all game long. I'm sitting here watching Stephen A. and Perk um, debate whether uh, Durant's off night was him getting punked by the Celtics defense or whether he just had an off game. And the fact that you can have that level of conversation about a man who's a two-time champion, two-time finals MVP um, in the first game of the first round lets you know that, that this is going to be a heck of a playoff. And, Dre, to that end, what was more of the story from your perspective? Was it about Kevin Durant having an off night, or was it the Boston Celtics defense making him have an uncomfortable outing in that game in TD Garden yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a combination of the two, but – you got to give the Celtics defense their credit because, you know, a great scorer like KD, right, he might get defended like he got defended yesterday and drop 45 points in game two because he can get hot. And in, in, in when he's hot, anything can happen. But when he has an off night like that on a day when the best defense in the NBA is really getting up in there, and, and you know, what, one point that was made in that, that conversational first take is that KD is used to either being taller or faster than pretty much everybody that ever guards him. But Jason Tatum is 6'9", and dude is built like an NBA player. You know, he, he's not thin like KD, like uh, KD is. So when you've got him as a primary defender with all of the, the other kind of defensive stalwarts on the Celtics and playing Ime Udoka's, you know, strong defensive system, um, you know, they're able to force some bad games like that. Yesterday, Kyrie was hot enough that he could get his 38. It really didn't matter. But all they have to do is slow down one of them. If they slow down one of them, it's going to be a long series for the Mets. ESPN senior NBA writer Andre Snellings joining us. All right, Andre, with that in mind, as much as KD got pushed around a little bit, bumped around quite a bit, how will the officiating impact the rest of this series, especially from a Celtic standpoint? Yeah, I mean, it, there are a lot of parallels in that front um, between this series and last, series, last season series between the Nets and the Bucks. 
where the Celtics want to be physical. And in order to be physical like that, they need the refs to, to give them that latitude. One thing I'll say, though, is playoff basketball. And typically in the postseason, you see them allow to, to be more physical. And I've seen that in pretty much every game um, that I watched this weekend. Plays that might have drawn fouls in the regular season, you know, guys would go in and they would get some contact and just throw the ball up in the air, but the rest weren't calling it. And so if they stay consistent with that, and remember, that's also consistent with the kind of rule change last offseason where they went away from calling so many perimeter fouls. And you've seen, as the season went along, a lot more front court dominance as opposed to the, the perimeter guys scoring all the points. So, I mean, when I look at that, I look at the trend, I, I just have to feel like the Celtics are probably going to get the leeway to play tough defense. And it's going to be up to KD to figure out how to finish through that. Dre, in watching that game yesterday, I thought one of the clear advantages that the Boston Celtics was on the sideline with their head coach, Ime Adoka, and some of the things that he did, a sneaky big decision not to call a timeout on that last offensive possession, not to allow the Brooklyn Nets to get their lineup in and set their defense. I thought that's what opened the door for them to make that game-winning play with Jason Tatum making that layup before the buzzer. Talk to me about what you expect to see from a coaching perspective throughout this series and which team has the edge when it comes to the head coaching spot. Yeah, you know, Ime is a first-year head coach, but he has coaching experience. Whereas Steve Nash, this is year two for him with the Nets, but he had no coaching experience before this. He had always just, you know, he was an MVP-level player, but he'd never coached before. And I think we're already seeing some of the difference. Um, I think that the Celtics do have an advantage at the the head coaching position because of that. You know, Ime, for one, I think it actually helps to be a coach that wasn't a superstar player. That seems to be true in all sports. Maybe because they, you know, Ime wasn't the superstar, he might have had to learn how to play the game in ways that Nash, even though he was a point guard, maybe didn't have to because he had the talent to be able to work around um, certain issues. And also, Nash was an offensive superstar. He wasn't a defensive one, whereas Ime was kind of a role player on both sides of the ball. So maybe that helps. I definitely think the coaching experience that he's had as an assistant has helped. And he's, he's put together both a strategy, a philosophy, you know, a defensive mindset and a defensive strategy that's strong for the Celtics. He also seems to be a leader of men. It just feels like his team would run through a wall for him in a way that was maybe kind of unusual for a first-year coach. So you put those things together, yeah, I think the Celtics have an advantage on the sideline, and it's going to be up to the Nets' talent to try to have to overcome that. Andre Snelling, ESPN NBA senior writer, joining Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, and for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Did any of the game ones this weekend have any major impact how you see any of these series playing out? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at what happened in that Raptors-Philadelphia um, first, first game where, you know, the Raptors are a thin team already. Their starting lineup this season played more minutes, I believe, than any other starting lineup because they had maybe four of their five starters were among like the top 20, 25 uh, players in the NBA as far as minutes played. And so to come out of game one with one starter injured, one starter ill and unlikely to play tonight, 
and then their sixth or seventh man, and Thaddeus Young, also out, that really changes their upside. I thought they were a team that could challenge the 76ers. And even though the 76ers won that first game relatively easily, if everyone were still at 100%, I would still feel good that the Raptors could be a, a legit you know, challenge for the 76ers squad. But if they're going to be so short-handed moving forward, this, this series could get out of hand in a hurry. Dre, are the Golden State Warriors the scariest team in the Western Conference? <laughs> I think you have to say so. You know, coming into the playoffs, there were just big question marks about, you know, how healthy is Steph? What are they going to look like all playing together? You know, um, as soon as Klay Thompson came back, Draymond Green got hurt. As soon as Draymond Green came back, Steph got hurt. So you never really got to see the, the, their three OGs playing together as a unit and then also learning to play with the, the newer players, the younger guys that weren't there uh, a couple seasons ago when they were making their championship runs. So to see them come out and just everyone look healthy, everyone hitting on all cylinders, and everyone just playing so in sync. Like there was no rust. There was no, um, you know, we're learning how to play together. They look like that, that, that group looked like they've been playing together for 10 years. And so – Yes, you put that together. Um, they've been pointing out their, their death lineup, right? That's what they call it when they, yep. they, they run the undersized lineup without the center. Their, their death lineup, their new death lineup, only played five minutes, but in that five minutes, they outscored the Nuggets by 14 points in what was otherwise a close game. So I think I look at all those things, and, yeah, the Suns have earned their spot as the best team in the West this season. But before Steph and Dre got hurt, the, the, the Warriors – were maybe a little bit better, and then now you add a healthy Clay Thompson to that too. Yeah, I, if, if I'm in the Western Conference, I've got a close eye on what's going on um, out in San Francisco. We'll see more of the Death Squad tonight. Andre, awesome stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Andre Snellings, ESPN NBA senior writer. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty for Greeny on ESPN Radio. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Sixers host the Raptors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. So what other surprises came out of the Game 1s over the weekend and what changed our minds? That in 30 seconds. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers, feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. Chris, Andre made reference to it, and I, I'm surprised that this is the case, but then again, I'm not considering the injuries. I thought the Raptors could really win this series because I was worried about the Sixers. They're toast at this point with Scotty Barnes and his ankle, with Gary Trent not playing tonight, and then Thaddeus Young with his thumb. I mean, I don't see how a team that was not exactly 10 deep to begin with uh, now has any kind of a chance against the Sixers. Yeah, and Scotty Barnes is so big for the Toronto Raptors defensively, so to not have his presence and to have to deal with Joel Embiid inside, mm. that's going to be a struggle for the Raptors. I, I don't know how they're going to slow him down. And then the other thing that I thought was impressive, Carlin, 
was how James Harden distributed the basketball. Even on an off-shooting night, he found a way to be effective offensively. And there were some instances where he was able to get dribble penetration to blow by the primary defender. And then he was kicking it out to guys like Tobias Harris, kicking it out to guys like George Yang for open looks from deep. So if you can get more of that from James Harden, then this Philadelphia Sixers team is going to be capable of going on a deep playoff run. I'm not just talking about being able to get to the second round. We could be talking about a team that has the capability of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, a lot of that is going to depend on what you're getting from James Harden, what version of him shows up, and then Tyrese Maxey coming into his own as that, that, that other guy that can make up a big three for the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, let's talk about that for a second because that's where I want to go with Maxey. Obviously, the a massive game one, and we have seen him this season really develop and mature, but we're going to find out so much more here because as we watch a guy like that, This is the guy that I want to know. Is he going to play like that consistently? Not necessarily putting up 38, but being able to be that big of a factor, especially in the games on the road, to get into that discussion. The Sixers have a guy in Tobias Harris who is just so ridiculously overpaid and had a great game one, don't get me wrong. But, like, that's the guy. If I'm the Sixers and I'm going to win a championship this year, I almost feel like, it's going to be a lot more due to Tyrese Maxey than it is to Harden, even though Harden did what he did in game one. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't discount James Harden. And that's the thing that I, I feel like a I'm lot of discounting people coming into bit. the playoffs are discounting. Well, you say that, Carlin, but he had 14 assists and only one turnover. I know. That, that's that's know. damn impressive. I mean, the fact that he was able to do that, even though he wasn't having a great shooting night, that's, in, that's important. But to me, the biggest factor – for the Sixers being able to go on a title run is perimeter shooting. And I said it before we even got to the playoffs. That was one of the biggest things that they lost in the Ben Simmons trade with Seth Curry, the ability to be able to space the floor. But if you get Tobias Harris knocking down those corner threes and you get what you got from Tyrese Maxey going five of eight from deep, like now all of a sudden you've got some spacing. You've got room for Joel Embiid to work inside. You've got room for James Harden to get dribble penetration into the paint. All of those things matter in terms of making your offense work in half-court sets. If you can get more of that, then all of a sudden you're talking about a really dangerous team. To your point, this is something we talked about. Shift out west for a second. On the Warriors, this is not about the role players who will play well at home and not great on the road. Jordan Poole has really been amazing for that team. And that's he's not a role player. Like They, they look at their guy. I look at their guys – and they just fit so well together that I honestly believe they're they're going to continue to play at a high level no matter where they are. And well, I know the circumstances dictated, but it's it's nice when you can have a guy like Steph Curry coming off the bench and playing 22 minutes and having 16 points. No doubt about it, Carlin. <laughs> but I think the scariest thing about Golden State is what you just said. They had yeah. 10 guys that played north of 13 minutes. They have a tremendous amount of depth. Usually at a time when teams are shortening their bench, Golden State is still going 10 deep. And they've got guys, they've got a lot of wing players, and that's where the NBA is going today, positionless basketball. they got a ton of those dudes. I mean, whether you want to call it Otto Porter Jr. or Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, GP2, Andre Iguodala. I mean, they got a ton of those dudes. Yep. And so the fact that they have that kind of position versatility, <laughs> that's the thing that allows them to match up well 
against almost any team. And that's why they're one of the best teams defensively in the entire NBA. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny. Up next, the future of the NBA is on full display in a series that if you're not paying attention, you better start. We'll tell you all about it in moments on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. You're not paying attention to the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies. You better start. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. And for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit Progressive Commercial. Dot com. What a performance by Anthony Edwards in the game one win for the seventh seed Timberwolves who got in with their win in the play-in tournament. And Edwards goes for 36 in game one. And we're all talking about John Morant, and justifiably so. Chris, I mean, this is the future of the league that very much could be on display here. Is that what we are seeing right now in that series? Well, you saw the traits that made him the number one overall pick from a couple of years ago, Carlin. I mean, the guy is everything you're looking for from an athlete standpoint for today's wings in the NBA. He feels like the guy we all forgot about, though, was the number one pick, you know? Well, yeah, that's because he's in Minnesota. I mean, think about the market. (laughs) But, But you're talking about a guy from an athleticism standpoint that can match up with anybody in the league, but he's built like a linebacker. That's how special Ant-Man is, and the fact that he was able to have the game that he did, I mean, 12 of 23 shooting, 36 points, and only two turnovers, not to mention he was a perfect 8-for-8 from the free throw line. When you have that kind of body and you're able to get to the foul line and convert those opportunities into points, that just shows you how special he is, man, And, and you see his confidence growing with each and every game. You saw it a little bit on display in the play-in game against the Clippers and now taking that to the next level in his first real playoff series. So really impressed by him, really impressed by Carl Anthony Towns and a bounce-back performance. The only guy that underwhelmed me a little bit from the Timberwolves' perspective was D'Angelo Russell, and he's got to be better if the Wolves are going to have a chance to be able to win this series. Yeah, you can't go out there and – what was he in the game? Two for 12, something like that, yeah. from the floor? Yeah, it was uh, he, all bad. Yeah, it, it can't be that. And that's the thing. It, despite the fact that it was an amazing performance from Edwards and Towns was fantastic, it still doesn't change what that series is going to be to me. I, I still think you're looking at the Grizzlies winning that series in something like six. However, 
if we get into a situation where in game two, you know, down the stretch in that game, you know, three minutes left, Timberwolves have a five-point lead. We're going to learn an awful lot about Morant and where he is in the maturation process. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got to step up, and he's got to be better. You can't have him going stretches like we saw in the second half where he's only got one field goal in the last 20 minutes of game time. Like, that's yeah. something that can't that can't happen. He's too important to that team's success. He's got to be the catalyst for everything that the Memphis Grizzlies are doing. Another guy that pulled a disappearing act, Carlin, Desmond Bain. Where, where were you? Yeah. Where were you? You've got to be better in that situation. Like, 6-15 ain't going to get it done, bro. Like, you've got to step up. You've got to be better. So, they've got guys that that certainly should play better, that have played better throughout the course of the season. And so, I would anticipate the Memphis Grizzlies being able to have a bounce-back performance. But here's the thing we got to remember, Carlin. Like, in a lot of ways, this is the Grizzlies' first rodeo in terms of the expectations that are placed on exactly, them yeah. coming into the postseason. Agreed. So they're in a different position than they were last year. And also keeping in mind that the Minnesota Timberwolves, they had a little taste of that this week with the play-in tournament. Being in that play-in game against the Clippers forced that team to grow up a little bit. So the, the pains that we saw Carl Anthony Town in that game, he was able to put that behind him once he got into his you know second real playoff experience. And so I think that's – one of those things that we can expect from the Memphis Grizzlies as this series goes on, this team to get a little bit better now that they've adjusted to playoff intensity, the speed of the game overall. I think that's something that we we, we can expect to be a little bit different as we go into game two. Well, this is where – this is what I'm talking about with that when it comes to the expectations that we have for the Grizzlies. It's one thing to get smacked in game one and have it be – kind of a wake-up call, and that's what it has to be here for Memphis. It's another thing when you find yourself down the stretch of a game two and you're in trouble as a team that is that new number two seed, flavor of the month, are you getting to that next level or not? And that's ultimately in that kind of a period is when we are going to find out about them. Are they going to be good enough down the stretch of those games to live up to those expectations or are things going to get a little bit snug inside and you're going to start wait a minute we're in some trouble here we got to get our out get out of our own way it's canty and carlin for greeny on espn radio thanks for listening to greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio and see it with the video on espn plus also catch greeny on get up weekday mornings at 8 on espn and also available wherever you get your podcast Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.